Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 2155. Today, we're going to dig a little bit more granularly into the structure of Return of the Jedi and see how it compares to The Rise of Skywalker. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So over the last couple of days we've been talking about the Rise of Skywalker and comparing it to Return of the Jedi as we did with The Last Jedi and The Empire Strikes Back and before that A New Hope and The Force Awakens. Well, today we're going to get into the structure of the movies themselves of Rise of Skywalker and of Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi has a pretty straightforward structure. I mean, the first half hour of the movie is the big escape situation, right? That's them freeing Han from Jabba the Hutt. And then they decide, okay, yeah, now let's take care of this whole Galactic Empire business, right? So an hour and a half, really, for that situation. Yes, I'm rounding, that's not the exact runtime, but you know what I mean, right? A good 25% of the movie has nothing to do with the Galactic Empire at all. And when it does, we get a briefing and then we get a mission, which sends our heroes off on a quest together. And while they're on that quest, they get separated at one point and then rejoined together at Bright Tree Village. And then Luke goes off on his own. So they're separated again. And that's pretty much the way things end up as far as teams being separated and completing their own missions and story arcs, right? Luke goes on a mission to the Death Star itself. Han and Leia lead the command team, the commando team, to destroy the shield generator. Lando with Admiral Ackbar and the rest of the rebel fleet show up to get ready to blow up the Death Star. Now, whereas a good 25% of Return of the Jedi is not at all about the Galactic Empire, the Rise of Skywalker is odd the other way in that a good 25% of the movie is about the First Order and the rest of it is not, right? Suddenly the First Order is, you know, barely an afterthought in the midst of this whole drama. Yes, they show up on Pasana. Yes, they have to infiltrate a First Order Star Destroyer in order to rescue Chewie, but really the First Order is not the problem in this movie. It's Kylo Ren and ultimately the Sith Empire, the Sith fleet that is being built in the shadows by Emperor Palpatine. And it's funny, that hadn't actually occurred to me until I started thinking about the structure of these two movies and realizing, oh yeah, there's a you know good chunk that's not about the Empire and Return of the Jedi, but oh man, <laughs> hardly any of Rise of Skywalker is actually about the First Order. So in that sense, the Galactic Empire could be most likened to the Final Order, if you will. And the mission that we see to the Sinta Glacier Colony is, for all intents and purposes, the Bothan spy mission that we did not see in Return of the Jedi. It's the one that confirmed the existence of the second Death Star, or in the case of Sinta Glacier Colony, confirmed the existence of a horrible Sith fleet in the Unknown Regions. And then the Endor mission in Return of the Jedi is essentially broken into three parts in The Rise of Skywalker. You have the Pasana part of the mission where everybody's together. Then you have the latter part of the Kajimi mission where they get onto the Star Destroyer and Finn and Poe are off on their own separate thing, whereas Rey is off on her own separate thing, right? And that's very much like 
uh, Luke and Leia and Han being separated by speeder bikes and whatnot. And then you have the Kef Beer part of the mission where Rey is ultimately separated from Finn and Poe and takes off from there without them. Meanwhile, the Kijimi situation reflects the Ewok Bright Tree Village situation where suddenly they get some allies that they didn't expect to get as part of this mission. The sequence with Chewie on the Star Destroyer is basically Jabba's palace for all intents and purposes, them having to rescue one of their friends from the clutches of terrible evil. And it's also, <laughs> of course, a reflection of Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Marion Ravenwood gambit. Now, I know I just said a couple of minutes ago that the Endor mission from Return of the Jedi is essentially broken up into three parts with the Rise of Skywalker, the Pasana mission, the Star Destroyer mission, and the Kefbir mission. However, it turns out that they managed to replicate the Endor mission in a way at the end of the Rise of Skywalker. So when they all go off to Exegol, right, as opposed to sending a strike team ahead to sneak down to Endor and blow up the shield generator before the fleet arrives. No, in this case, the fleet arrives with the strike team and similar to them needing to blow up a shield generator to attack the Death Star, they need to blow up a communications tower, a navigation tower, excuse me, in the Rise of Skywalker so that way they can defeat the ultimate weapons before they are set loose upon the galaxy. And so in that sense, Han and Leia are played by Finn and Janna in this instance, and Lando is played by Poe leading what exists of the Resistance fleet into the fray. Things get a little different though, of course, with the fact that the actual Lando has been out and about recruiting people to show up for the fight. That obviously didn't happen in Return of the Jedi, but you could almost think of it in terms of, yeah, send the Starfighter Corps of the Rebel fleet ahead to engage the Star Destroyers first and you know, know that the rest of the Rebel fleet will be coming by afterwards. So basically you took, you know, the arrival of the Rebel fleet from Return of the Jedi and just split it into two parts. Now we talked about the final battle with Emperor Palpatine two episodes ago actually, when we talked about the timeline of the movie and the big bads, if you will, the final boss battle. It's really different from Return of the Jedi because of what we were talking about yesterday with the question of the themes of the Rise of Skywalker, whether it's, you know, redemption, which is definitely the theme of Return of the Jedi, or whether it's actually identity, which is definitely more of a prominent theme. I would say redemption is sort of a secondary theme for Rise of Skywalker, but identity is really the primary theme. And because of that, the way that the battle goes down is much different and also because of the fact that we have the fight between Rey and Kylo Ren on Kef Beer and that fight is resolved you know separately that's basically you know the equivalent of <laughs> say Luke and Vader fighting on the Death Star and Luke defeating Vader but not killing him and saying to the Emperor no I'm not gonna fight him I'm not gonna kill him but instead of Luke fighting the Emperor, you know, that goes terribly awry and you know, Rey goes off to fight the Emperor. That also goes somewhat awry in its way for a while as well. Vader ultimately helps defeat the Emperor. I would say that 
Kylo Ren's arrival, while helpful, does not ultimately defeat the Emperor. And again, because it's not necessarily about his redemption, that is not the important thing. He's already been redeemed. Vader attacking and killing the Emperor is his act of redemption, but the act of redemption for Kylo Ren going back to Ben Solo has already happened, and so that's why things play out differently from a structural perspective in The Rise of Skywalker. So ultimately, I would say from a structural perspective, getting more granular about the way Return of the Jedi flows and the way Rise of Skywalker flows, The Rise of Skywalker seems to have learned a couple of lessons from The Last Jedi. So we talked about previously how The Force Awakens really kind of followed beat by bit, uh, beat by beat, <laughs> a lot of A New Hope and also kind of brought a couple of Empire Strikes Back elements into play, like move them from what would have been in the second movie into the end of the first movie. What Ryan Johnson did with The Last Jedi was definitely shake things up in terms of the structure compared to The Empire Strikes Back, and it seems like J.J. Abrams you know, may have taken a page from that and decided, oh, I can really shake things up, and looked at the elements of how to finish off a trilogy and just kind of broke them apart and shuffled them around, and it really kind of shook the box and said, all right, let's do something different with it. So that's what I've got for you on the structural comparatives with The Rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi. If you have other things that you would like to share, then by all means, drop me a line on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or at Homebase for the Podcast, SW7x7.com, and let me know what you think. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show today. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you wherever in the world you may be. This is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. This is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.